commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core world news. You may fire when ready. From the bright sides of the galaxy, I'm Rex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show of in-depth coverage of latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for your new segment rundown for July 9th, 2021. 99 problems for a Bad Batch 8-1. Boba's Bounty Bowl. But first, this new... All right, thank you, yeah. Rex Kondak. <laughs> Woo-wee! Um, that, was a, that was a good one, Rex. Gave me the feels. Um, here we are again for another podcast. Uh, not a whole lot of news today. We could no. probably, you know, toss a gonk in here if we wanted. Yeah, a little bit of news, right? I don't. Did you? They announced some directors for Book of Boba. No kidding, I missed that. Yeah, uh, I'm doing this off the dome because I did not have this open first time. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, you kind of are, but when I name the ones that I know, it's going to sound real well, familiar. Rodriguez, obviously. You got one. Who? Got any one other guests? I thought they announced these a while ago. Um, no, I think you're thinking of season two of The Mandalorian because it sounds Dave very Filoni. familiar. I imagine Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Oh, wow. Uh, you got a... Rick Fumiua? Oh, no. Yeah, Rick Not Fumiua. named yet, but I'm guessing we'll uh, get Bryce? Him. Is Bryce Dallas Yes, Howard? Bryce Dallas Daniel Howard. Oh, really? Yep. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, Deborah. Deborah. No, it's not. Obi-Wan. No, so she's, she's over on Obi-Wan. Now. Obi-Wan, I think. Obi-Wan, or yeah. Obi-Wan, as I just pronounced it for whatever reason. <laughs> Oba. We're that close. It's Oba. Oba Knobs. Oba Knobs. You're missing. I, I you're, really, is you're there missing someone a, who's worked on Mando? It's someone who's worked on Mando, but only directed an episode of Mandalorian season two, but not Mandalorian season one. Um, is it? Oh, it's your boy. It's Ant Man. Uh, yeah, the guy in Ant Man, right? Yeah, nope, Ant-Man. not named yet. You're missing a big one. Um, that was a bit of a trick. What I just said, but accurate. Lots of silence. I'm just going to say it now. John okay. Favreau. Oh, John Favreau. Oh. oh, okay. Wow. The Mandalorian. Yeah. What about uh, the guy who directed Ant-Man? Uh, what's his name? Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. Thank you. That's a guy I was thinking of. Uh, I don't think they've named him yet. I mean, again, that's only um, that's only a few, right? Like, we know it's probably going to be at least eight episodes. This is also, I think, coming from Tamara Morrison himself. But uh, so, so, so is Robert Rodriguez going to be like executive producing, sort of directing the directors? Were they going to follow his vision, or is he just a guy on this thing and they're putting his name next to it? I think he's going to be the 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 John Favreau of Book of Boba. Right. Okay. Cool. I'm down with That's that. Kind of what I, it feels like, and I'm guessing John Favreau just must be happy to come in and direct something, right? Yeah. Like actually be able to. Yeah, I love all those directors, but I'm like, I kind of hoped Robert Rodriguez would bring some, you know, some ne'er-do-well director friends in to like do some yeah. new stuff. But like uh, a Tarantino directed episode of Book of Boba. Yeah, like that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, again, I mean, there are still four directors to go at least, so we don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, their styles aren't far off. I mean, they both came up together, made films together. Um, with Robert Rodriguez, you you essentially cool. get a lot of Tarantino esque uh, directing, blocking, dialogue. And we know they action. they play well together on a couple of in in um, yeah. Sin City, directed by 
uh, directed by Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Quentin Tarantino directed a segment of that film, um, the scene in the car. Uh, he came in and guest directed. I think they actually. I think he's great. actually. I think he's actually listed as guest director in the credits. And then they have the um, the Grindhouse movie, which they both right. directed different segments of. So yeah. they they play well together. So I would be surprised if. Uh, yeah, Planet I, it Terror. It would be weird to me. And death Proof. And death yeah. Proof. It'd be weird to me if Quentin Tarantino isn't at least on set for some of this, right? Just out of curiosity. That would blow my mind if if i saw like a photo of tarantino like hanging around some mandalorians yeah i mean you guys if know he was Tar- into it it would be cool yeah. like I, I just hope he's reverent he's I pretty would, well, dude. i mean he he's reverent of pretty much everything he does right, right. like like he has his own thing but that man get, is get tarantino is a student on to, of film. to direct Cobb vance the lone ranger and just do a kind of classic western Oh yeah, Cobb Vanth at the center of the the story on Tatooine. That'd be yeah. great. Well, That'd be perfect. He's, or, perfect. he's already directed Oliphant in. Um, right. Uh, yeah. He's even in that time. Right. Yeah. Once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm not the biggest. Quentin Tarantino has lost me recently, but um, I mean, recently probably being like ten years, but it feels like recent because he directs the film every what three years now. Um, but I would I'd be excited for that. I'd love to see what he does. Like he he's I'm excited to see anything he does. Every time there's a new movie that comes out, I'm 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 interested to see because he has he has a take for sure. Yeah, I personally love Robert Rodriguez's filmography though. Like uh, like Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Desperado, uh, like the yeah, whole El Mariachi trilogy. El Mariachi is trilogy, amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I'm saying. I could have used a whole. I was kind of hoping for a whole season. Of I, me too. Yeah, like if you're gonna do a thing, like make it epic. You know, I know it's a lot of work, but um, I don't know. I want this thing to be crazy. And yeah. he did such a good job uh, with the episode he had in season two. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Oh, sorry. I, I will. I Sorry, the film nerd me just got really annoyed with myself. We also have From Dust Till Dawn, which they co-directed. Uh, yeah. First half right. directed by Quentin Tarantino, second half directed by Robert Rodriguez. Sorry. So. Was he one of the four rooms? Was no Rod, Rodriguez wasn't one of the four rooms, right? I don't know. That seems like that should be a thing, but I can't remember because the only thing I remember is Quentin, Quentin Tarantino's part of that film. Yeah, I'm not seeing it on his stuff, so I don't think so. All right, um, any more news segments that you all have heard about? Oh, I'm correcting myself once again. He did direct one of the segments of Four Rooms. This is good podcasting, guys. <laughs> We're learning as we're doing today. Yeah, Thank you for yeah. coming along on the journey with us. I'm a little please. slow with my Googling tonight. Um, but that's exciting that at least Roderick Rodriguez is bringing his vision to this this story. Because um, I'm, I'm hoping that we get to go to the kind of seedy underbelly of the galaxy and fight all these syndicates. And basically the stories can be a little darker than Mando, you know, like I feel like that's in the first episode of Mando. I think it it taps into that tone where it feels like he's a dark kind of ruthless, cold bounty hunter. Like you feel it. You're like, Oh, this is a great show. Like this is the makings of a great show. Tone immediately shifts. You have the engine of the relationship between Mando and, and the child and Grogu. And then, and then it's, it's just fun to think back on that tone in that first episode, just when he's uh, <laughs> on that ice world. Um, that's a pretty cool tone. Like for to Boba Fett can find its stride with that tone, that would be really fun to witness. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, any more new segments y'all had heard about? I think that's all I could see. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, you know what? 
we got some news after all this week. That's fantastic. Next up, 99 problems, but Bad Batch ain't one. If you're having clone problems, I feel bad for you, son. I have 99 problems, but the Bad Batch ain't one. Uh, hit me! to talk about i refuse to say the title we refuse we're here to talk about episode season one episode 11 of the bad batch devils do um you know we'll talk a bit about it i'm not going to go through summary but this is something different from some of the uh previous bad batch episodes right like we get a little bit of a different story here really light on the bad batch for a bad batch episode thoughts you did have a similar structure to the episode before uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Previous episode. Uh, I mean, in terms of showing the disruption of the kind of the empire and the 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 burgeoning oh. empire and how they're you know accosting different worlds and, and and telling them that they they can enjoy the order and and prosperity and and they'll pr- provide protection and in an exchange sort of make the the local workforce work in their factories and their refineries, build ships for them, like just be a cog in the the wheel of the, of the machine of the empire. And it's kind of like we're seeing that again, I guess, on, yeah. on Ryloth. Oh, that's right. actually, yeah, that's a good point because Grant, when I started this episode, I had to stop for a second to make sure that I wasn't playing last week's episode because <laughs> yeah. both start out and they're vastly different episodes in terms of like where they go, but they both start out on a balcony in a planet with a crowd in a scene. town square. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, is this, but then it, you know, goes yeah. very differently. Yeah. Yeah. We're there on Ryloth, which is great. Um, very new views of Ryloth. I hadn't seen these like conical architecture structures yeah. before. That was really cool to see. Um, really beautiful. And looking over a, like a sea, like a, a crowd of Twi'leks, all different colors is really pretty cool. They did like the shot from the back of the crowd. And it was like a really, it was a really cool shot. I mean, the cinematography, I guess you could call, is amazing in this, even though it, it's oh, animated. It's just like these, art. there was like one where like they land the um, the smuggling ship where they go to pick up the weapons uh, on the moon, I guess. And mm-hmm. it's their landing on the moon. And it's just like, like you're seeing the beautiful, uh, you know, starship. And it's got that's a crazy design. And then you've got like the planet in the background, like on the horizon. It's like the most sci fi, you know, scape uh, I've seen in a while. It's really cool. And they're like not leaning too hard on Macquarie. Um, no, no, it definitely feels like it's own thing. They're doing their yeah. own thing and it's gorgeous. Yeah, the sleek kind of curved vessel, uh, way different than the uh, other ships like the Havoc Marauder and mm-hmm. Macquarie esque ships that are out there. Yeah, there was some good Havoc Marauder time on this episode, too. They really just went through it, and she's like, oh, that looks crazy. But yeah. Overall, it really felt like a new arc was starting. I mean, even though it began the same way as last week, I feel like it, it had an entirely different tone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very, very light on the Bad Batch. Like, they made a token appearance, I guess, which is pretty cool. It's like they made a cameo in their own show. Yeah. It also feels like we're actually going to... Whether they like it or not, they're going to get pulled into the galactic, the the early stages of the galactic civil war, right? It feels like they've been trying to keep themselves separate, and the way things are shaping up, based on the way this episode ends, that's they're not going to be able to do that. They're going to have to pick a side pretty quickly. 
Yeah. The oh, earliest. Yeah. That was, that was pretty dastardly at the end of this episode. The, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of tactics employed by Admiral Rampart. Oh, can I? Let me. All right. The talking of the series, right? Like, we have to deal with this guy. He's got to go. Yeah, he's. Admiral yeah. Rampart. That's the yeah. thing. They just make you hate a character, and then you're like, <laughs> then he gets, you know, vaporized or thrown off a balcony or something. Oh. <laughs> uh, Speaking of a character that we have mixed feelings about, like there's a lot of crosshair in this episode. Like, we do get one batch member yeah. specifically highlighted. And I think it was last week where I was like, I think like, what do snipers do in shows? They usually ambush people and snipe right. people. Yeah. Right. And it's like, that was like, you this finally get that was just him in different sniper nests. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like one of the 10 like sniper movies that happened in the nineties or like early two thousands. Like that's what it felt like. He was a legit snipers. Yeah which was fun. I went through a journey on this episode, speaking of crosshairs, because more because I was watching it and you don't actually get the bad batch until about halfway through the episode. Right. But you get a lot of crosshairs before that. So I was like, are we actually going to see them? Does it matter? I mean, see the show is called bad batch. I don't think you can have an episode without seeing them. Well, now we have crosshair, so I guess he is technically part of the Bad Batch. So I guess if we have an episode it's with him the in it, then it's, so, so literally that's through my mind. Oh, this is a legendary. Right it doesn't miss. matter. Yeah, they yeah. like do not make contact. It's hilarious. You're yeah. basically you're in anticipation of the audience watching. You're like, wait, they're just on the moon. They're they're right next to each other. Like this is the feud of the entire series. And yeah, Crosshair isn't keyed into them uh, nope. at all. But as you mentioned, we do get Crosshair or Crosshairs or whatever calling him um, kill Senator Ta. Yeah. Uh, Orn Frita or uh, Orn Frita. Yes. Or actually, yeah. I guess, I guess he, yeah. So, wait, is he Gerard Depardieu, is, or is that Gobi? Which one? Or are they both a little bit? Oh yeah, they kind. No, of, I think Gobi is definitely more. Gobi. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, have very distinct French accents. It's pretty funny. So, so I just got to break down the, his assassination for a second because he All gets right. shot. Skipping right to the end here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll come back around. We'll go through everything else. But since we're kind of there naturally, this alert. is this is yeah. Yeah. He gets he gets sniped through the head, which is a really horrible sentence to say, but is how it happens on screen on screen. <laughs> we then see his body being carted away, covered. And yet um, Rampart demands that the Sindulas get arrested for attempted assassination. Oh, really? I thought they were just going to frame them for the assassination. They did. I think what's happening is if they said assassination, you would no longer get a TV PG rating. So I think they're trying to tell the kids. Maybe that was just to like duck lie. under the censors. <laughs> yeah, I really That's think it was. I'm like, I don't know about attempted. That seemed pretty successful based yeah. on what I saw on he screen. Did. Yeah, did. but it was. But maybe he'll like, shake it off. Yeah, but it was kind of like the blaster fight was kind of like a scramble. Like you don't know who, what, what round could have taken him out or something, right? Like is that is that kind maybe? of maybe? I really think it's I really think it's the the internal sensor said, if you say we show it and then call it an assassination, we got to get a TV fourteen. Hmm. Well, um, whatever it was, it was graphic and it was really cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm not. Yeah. And you kind of you, this is kind of the route you wanted the story to go. You're like, that guy's a bad influence. Rampart needs to go like Ryloth's going to be enslaved if they don't do something now. Yeah. So it's kind of that, you know, old Star Wars thing where it's just like, well, I know how this one's going to end. Right. <laughs> You're like, 
Um, it's just so like I spend the whole time looking for like uh, early members of the rebellion in there. And I'm trying to remember if Gobi was in um, the Leia Princess of Alderaan book at the end. Huh. I think he is. I think he she goes to see like someone like not, he not in Clone Bill. Wars. I think Gobi's in Clone Wars. Um, I'm pretty sure he's in Clone Wars, but I'm trying Maybe to figure he was, was he in Rebels? Was he one of the ones that went on that like mission to steal explosives or whatever? Appearances. He Those is are my loss in Arc in both Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in both of those. He's in Clone okay. Wars and Rebels. And he's he in, in the, yeah. he is not, but he's in the book Lords of the Sith. Oh no, kidding. our favorite so so i had a moment in this where i was like how cool would it be like if they (laughs) tangentially ran into the because that book is just palpatine and vader just slaughtering everything in their path like they get beset upon by monsters and they just kill everything that's the whole book on ryloth they get trapped on ryloth and they just slaughter their way out of it and it's like if i'm not mistaken that book's canon oh yeah it It is is canon it's one of the first it's one of the first in the new i never i never say this but i'm not a fan of that book no (laughs) it's it's like it reads like fanfic it's just like i mean it's awesome but it's also it's just not believable it came out not to me April 2015. That's got to be would, one of the it's one of the first, if not the first yeah. new canon books. And I'll be honest, too. When I read it, I was a little nervous about the direction we were going. Vader talks a lot in it. A and lot. Like, and like, that's not how you like. I'm so used to how Lucino does it. And like Tarkin came out around the same time. And and Tarkin's Vader was just like, it was just like on point. It was perfect Vader. Well, mind. but uh, here's what I'll say. And I don't know if this is good or bad, but Paul S. Kemp, who is the author of that book. I'm sorry, um, Paul. You're a genius. I'm not. Well, so he wrote some novels in the Star Wars universe, Coruscant, which I don't think I ever read, a couple of the Old Republic books, a fair trade short story, uh, and then a book called Riptide, which I don't remember. But Lord of the Sith came out in 2015. And part of me wonders if that was, I feel like what happened is they had certain books in production, probably like Tarkin during the transition, and their decision was like, do we cancel or do we just say it's part of new canon? Oh, we just lump I mean? it in. And they probably lump it like it doesn't violate anything, so we'll call it new canon. And then he wrote one short story, and from a certain point of view, Sparks, which I don't remember. And then he has not done anything else in Star Wars. I think he's kind of. What's well, it? It sounds like he had a nice career there. I hope he's sure. Yeah, he wrote some Star Wars books, a lot of checks. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'd come back around on that. I, but that's a book that would look amazing in a cartoon, like in an animated series. Yeah, for sure. Or an anime series, actually. It would it would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, just a novel. I was like, okay, all right. So then they all get cut with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's Lucino, so I'm awkward. bummed about. I wish they would let Lucino do something else, man. His yeah, voice for so many things. Place. So good. I've, I've been saying that every week now. Oh, and by the way, sorry we didn't do reading Rathtar this week. It's oh, my... right. That was going to happen. Yeah, we were. That was going to happen. It's going to happen next week. Uh, yeah. Sorry. It's my fault that I didn't read. The... I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't Ben's fault, it would have been my fault because I would have been right. I was I was struggling, too, mostly because, you know, life things happen. Right. Well, there's a lot packed in there, too. And like we can take this time to compile notes and, and we have thoughts like I am yeah. excited to get into. I'm more than halfway through and I am very, very excited to talk about this book. Yeah, I have so many notes on this thing already. I'm only a third of the way through. 
But guys, uh, we are bearing the lead on this episode. <laughs> we we really are. It's uh, really crazy. We've gotten this far. We haven't mentioned Kara Sandula yeah. and Chopper are in this episode, <laughs> and I don't know about so, you guys, but it brought me to that warm, fuzzy Rebels kind of yeah. Uh, and maybe you want to go feeling. Where I just wanted to go watch Rebels, and yeah. you should watch it again. If even if you watch it once, and we're like, okay. Watch I'm trying to get Carly to it's watch it. It's an amazing series. It's amazing series. It's really, yeah, it's yeah. well done. Um, but she's not really resistant. I just haven't pushed hard enough. Um, were you more shocked to see Hera or Chopper? Chopper. Chopper, Chopper right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we saw this. I was like, okay, there's Shamjin Sindula in like yep. the first shot. So I was like, okay. Yeah, we're going to it's going to go on there. And then they're like, I, I was like wondering, they like name dropped Hera in like the, that first scene too. And I was like, oh, maybe we just, that's all we're going to get. And they're just like being like, oh, these are Hera's parents in case. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but, and, but no, then bang, we get right yeah. to her as like a preteen, early yeah, teen. Yeah, early teen, preteen, hard to tell. I mean, we have seen, um, wow, I'm... Uh, Caleb Dune, right? We open this whole series, oh, yeah, with with her. Oh, that's with, really kind of cute. Her soulmate, right? We get kind yeah. of soulmates together, like Star Cross, which is nice. Knowing their future, it's kind of beautiful. I got weirdly yep. choked up, maybe because I haven't slept much this week. But uh... <laughs> no, her scenes yeah. are are just wonderfully yeah. wistful, and we get her just staring to the 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 stars <laughs> and uh, the kind of rendition of the Star Wars theme and yeah. the Leia theme, and these kind of really fun remixes on those. Uh, on those, on those, uh, staring at the twin sons. Yeah, you get all yeah. these kind of really cool renditions of the score and, and music you heard in Rebels yeah. and things like that. Uh, and, uh, and this is kind of an introduction to flying. And like us as the audience, we know about her piloting skills and the ghost. And like we legendary thinking about that. Yeah, legendary. Yeah. She's one of the single greatest pilots to ever, you know, fly in the galaxy. And it's so cool to see her kind of like get her wings in this episode, sort of talk about, you know, flying a starship and landing and you know it was like her intro to fly which was so cool yeah yeah i really like the scene with hera and omega yeah i was just about to say yeah yeah so again you know so hera appreciates the havoc marauder for what it is which is an enhanced omicron <laughs> ben, i thought about you in that ship. moment when hera is touring the oh yeah <laughs> let's do the whole thing baby <laughs> Let's just, just soup to nuts, just like nose to tail. Let's go through the, the havoc. And that's allowed in any Star Wars story, if you ask me. Just like yeah. people sitting, describing the technical components and apparatus around them. Yep. I, I love that stuff. I take that time, please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I love every scene Omega's in, I think. But she's just like, I don't know what's going to come out of her mouth, but it's going to be wistful and like positive and funny and it's like like i just love that character the way they're writing that character she's amazing and the voice acting is amazing too it's, it's perfect yeah i yeah i agree 100 percent to the point where I, I don't like engaging with the internet which makes me sound like the oldest person ever but like so as the person who does a lot of the instagram stuff here they're not the reels um <laughs> yeah um that's far beyond my capabilities um check out our reels they're awesome because i'm not <laughs> doing them 
You guys um, never replied when I was like, check out the reel. Jenny did a nice job. And you guys, I just heard did like, I not nothing. reply? So I was, oh, I was wearing sorry. an ill, ill-fitting T-shirt. I was my, just like, my glasses were hanging down oh, my just nose. Stop it, guys. But, stop it, but guys. I, I got over that very quickly. Again, as a person who talks in front of people and looks like a fool in front of people a lot, I'm over that. Like I looked at it for three seconds and went, and I saw how many people looked at it. I'm like, that's cool. I don't care that I look like a professor, like like an elderly professor. Um, but anyway, but what I was gonna say. It's easy is, we're, we're all forces. That's harsher than yeah. I thought we were going to get, but all right. Yeah, this is, I don't, I I'm not going to do the same treatment for myself, but that no, no. level of I, I don't actually feel that way. I, I felt okay. Uh, it's just the way I do. It's my it's my way to disarm. Uh, anyway, so moving on. Being on Instagram and just like engaging with people um, or seeing how people engage with each other, there's just a weird backlash against the bad batch and not like, again, I think it's that vocal minority of star Wars fans that kind of ruin it for everyone else. But there's, there's, there's enough of them saying like, Oh, it's another kid's move. It's another kid's show with a kid in it. And I'm like, no, but Omega's the best part of this show. She's it's, the heart of this show. She's so good. It, the, well, it's not a kid show. Soldiers just like going yeah. one, huh. you know, fray to the next it's like i don't know but i don't know it's just she's, she's omega good. breaks it up it adds new perspective it's important yeah yeah um she's fantastic that's just like a great scene i love that she's like i sleep in the tail gunner seat like that yeah. was just it was like, just great she's like yeah when we're actually the tail gunner <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love the the new zealand yeah. accent the kiwi accent it's, that's it's awesome good. yeah i just I, yeah it is. Is it the language of comedy and like Germany's the I think opposite? He's become that over time. Yeah, yeah. Like Taika is just like, guess what? Just like planted a flag, and he's like, our it's, the New Zealand accent is instantly funny, no matter when he uses it. It really is. It's fascinating, right? Because, and again, not trying to brush in broad strokes, but um, <laughs> which we are which we are, but like we're we're aware, like we're aware. But like, I, you know, it's interesting because I I once was hanging out with friends and for some reason there were like two Australians and a New Zealander. And I, my, my ear, which is usually not very good, very quickly went, you two are Australian. You're from New Zealand, right? Like, and, and, and and they do sound very similar, but there's just something distinct in the New Zealand accent that is just like 10% more charming and like 15% funnier than Australian. it's very, it's yeah, it's in the eyes. Like, yeah. in a picnic. You know? Yeah. 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 My name is Bin over in New Zealand. Which is <laughs> I love it. But, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. it's just, it's, it's yeah. wonderful to hear that accent from uh, a female voice actor instead of, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Actually, get too. the, you need to get the New Zealand, the uh, Tamar Morrison kind yeah. of take, but just a female version. It's just fun. It just breaks it up. Like, I, I really don't think a show, focused on just the bad batch is the answer at all like i don't think boba boba fett i think book of boba fett as dark as it's going to be i think there might be some some light element something there might be oh i think so you know i mean salacious crumb might be around or something like brace yourself like you're gonna there's gonna be something funny about that show well, that's what we all said about the mandalorian right we were we didn't know what the mandalorian was going to be we we pitched these super serious shows and that show is serious for sure but it has some funny, funny stuff happening. And I think that's part of like we I think we talked about it. I don't know if it's one of our pillars, but you I don't know if you can have a Star Wars movie without humor. No, like, no. Like Rogue a, One, comedy is a pillar in there, I'm pretty sure. I think so. But like Rogue One, probably the most serious Star Wars 
film and show to date. Oh, yeah. You have K2SO in it. You're right. Yeah. Like yeah. K2SO. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be slapstick. Every movie will have different levels of comedy, but you have to have some comedy in your Star Wars. Right. I didn't really think about that. That probably enhanced it. I mean, obviously that yeah. uh, the performance was legendary. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like the only, he's the only comic like levity in that movie. And it, and it hit so it's hard. perfect. It cuts the tension when you need it. Like, did you, how did you know, did you know that was me? Or did, how do you know that wasn't me? Right. Or I can't remember the right. line, but when he kills the yeah. other. Yeah. How did yeah. you know that wasn't me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the actor's name right now is Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Yeah. yeah. He's I mean, he's he's a legend. and He just yeah. like buries that. You know, the yeah. percentage of her using that against you. It's high. Yeah. Very high. Right. Yeah. It's like it's got perfect. <laughs> it, yeah. They made a robot have his like mannerisms. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Drugs. I think it's interesting. I think I think there can be a problem with uh, like just creatures galore, like, you know, creatures for creatures sake stuff. And what I love about the High Republic books, I know we're not talking about talking about it this week, but I, I, I like that, like all the creatures and the aliens that are brought up have some sort of like make some sort of sense in the story. Like, yeah, yeah, they, they usually get in depth with them a little bit more. I guess you can do that in in that books. medium. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's just it's I mean, so much Charhound. Yeah, there's just a lot oh, going on yeah, with the creature Char- work in those books. It's fantastic. And that one, um, that one race, the bird race, um, Ty Taltori. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Taltori. I mean, that, that, that's a deep hole, and that that I mean, I thought that character was fascinating. We'll talk or about Tortolog, Tortolog, or something. Yeah, Tortolai. Yeah, we'll have it down by next week for sure. Yeah, next week we'll definitely have things. I've got it right here. Uh, Taltori, Taller. Yeah, yeah. There's more bird-like, Tal-tori. dragon-like things throughout the, yeah. the book. And there's with, there's lots of creatures and stuff. Like with just a lot of creatures. Things. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I do like when there's when it makes sense. You know. Like, yeah. Bring in a creature, like have them do something fun. Yes. Um, well, this has been a very meandering synopsis of. <laughs> oh yeah, and the Bad Batch. <laughs> we just talked about the New Zealand accent for five minutes. So um, well, okay. We, I mean, all right. So. So it's the Empire comes to Ryloth. They want to protect, hold the planet hostage, protect them, make yes. them work at some factory. And then, uh, you know, Champs and Dula agrees. And uh, even though it seems like Elena has uh, the queen, it seems like she has she's doing some secret tidings. And then yeah. Gobi, obviously, his loyalist, like a militia leader, he's like, I'm going to obtain weapons on my own if Cham won't do it. And but then we get Cham rising after Hera's involved with with Gobi, yeah. which was crazy to me that Gobi was bringing. That was wild that Gobi would yeah. bring Hera to this <laughs> to retrieve these like. Yeah. Uh, it was very arms, fast like, and the furious, you know. It was like all about family. So it was like an arms deal, and he was bringing her there. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, like oh, yeah, now, he her by in. the way, are like, you seeing yeah. everyone Photoshop Dom into like every family photo? Yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, if you're I'm a family to be out there. You don't have Dom in the corner of your family uh, uh, portrait. Like, you fix that. Uh, <laughs> Cross arm just in the corner. I'm yeah, literally like, thinking of all the family photos taken last year, and I'm like, oh, that one would be perfect. That one would work great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I it didn't, you know what? It didn't shock me in the least. I Gobi, who is like ideologically correct in this argument, right? Like of everyone, he was the one who saw this. 
his methods are questionable and he was trying to indoctrinate <laughs> Hera from the start. So I'm like, of course he's going to like seduce her with excitement and flying Wanna and all fly? of these things. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just a quick trip. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was interesting character dynamics there. Um, but then Sham, of course, gets is furious and uh, he gets her off the hook twice in that episode, I feel like. It's like tries. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, once well, a res- restricted zone early on gets her off the hook. Second really time Captain Hauser that hooked her up. And Hauser was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Arc trooper in here that we haven't yeah. seen before. I love that they introduced a new character. Yeah. Um I uh yeah, I don't know if he showed up in anything else. It, on, no, no, this is it. Wikipedia is sick. But he was great. That was a oh, that was a great performance. Yeah, he yeah. Um, yeah, so he got her off the first time and then Cham had to step in because family. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a more complicated story than I expected. Uh, out of Cham, like I, it was cool that like he tried to bring, he's like, no, we'll, we'll give this a chance. You know, they fought alongside us, but he wasn't aware of the, you know, the underlying darkness right. thing of, of that. The, the fact that they're... That war win, yeah. Which you could imagine. I mean, he's, like, right on the ground, and it's cool. They're making that separation here. It feels rural. It feels remote. Every episode is, like, in a, a corner of the galaxy, which is really cool because they don't do that enough. It's like, I, I don't want to see, you know, the Empire the whole time, you know, or the center of the Empire. It's nice that we're just... have the You know, he's a temporary character in... Um, uh, Rampart, you know, and he's only he's only in like every three or four episodes, right? And like other than that, we're just in like remote towns and cities in the galaxy. Yeah. It's really it just fun. feels like Outer Rim, just yeah. doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, trying to stay low but survive. It's interesting. We see the Bad Batch for all of five minutes, not even like a couple of minutes in this episode. Yeah, yet their appearance tells us some stuff based on what happened in the previous episode. So we know that Omega's with them. So obviously she won the Dejaric match yeah. against hunter which i think we all knew like that was heavily yeah. you know implied um but the other thing is like at the end of the last episode they didn't owe any money to sid right they right. had gotten their entire i was debt. so happy not to see the parlor in but this episode. Yeah. me too in there quite a bit but they're running the weapons to the Gobi room. for Sid. So they yeah. clearly at some point between last was so decided that they are still going to be kind of mercenaries for hire or guns for hire for Sid, at least for a little while. Yeah. Maybe this is the compromise they've made. It's like, we'll do jobs for you that like fight the empire. Yeah. That we vet or that we agree with. Yeah. yeah maybe because we yeah. know Sid is a dissident. I mean, she was, um, you know, a seedy underground character, but supported the right side and the Jedi and the clones um, in the past. So, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that she, yeah. would be. Um, you know, like she she's down for making money however she can. But if she can make it supporting the rebellion, I'm sure that would be her preference. Yeah, I don't think she would. Well, she's definitely you know. warmed up to them after Omega's made her like 30 billion. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that, right. that buys a lot of goodwill. <laughs> Um, also, I'm having new theories about Omega now, too. Oh, I'm thinking oh. about the Aftermath books and how the Emperor was kind of notorious for playing hollow chess. Oh, oh so we think mm. that's right. So we think it might be a was, early... that, a, was that a like a, some sort of. Yeah, she some Palpatine in her. Don't you think? Yeah. I don't want it to be that's the last. That's the last causality. Like, that's the last thing I want is. 
that she route. Kinda, she looks more like young Palpatine than she does. I know. I was looking at the hair, and then I was looking at Clone Wars Palps' hair. Interesting. Like, uh, like curves up on the edges the same way. It's, yeah, it does. And then it's like we've got like a DNA sample from from like Darth Sidious or whatever, like Darth Tyrannus, like some like they could have have something in the banks that was like, I don't know. So she'd be raised story wise. Like, I like that more. I mean, Darth Sidious or Darth... Actually, Darth Tyrannus would be pretty cool. It was actually a yeah. she's a Dooku clone. Or Tyrannus could have been handling the genetic material from... Yeah, from uh, Sidious. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like that a lot. It'd be yeah. wild to get another, like, Palps clone, but... Um, it almost works be better, cool. weirdly, yeah, right? Like, the fact that he's just been so obsessed with cloning for this long, and of course, like, he's been trying to do it for so long, and that... Like, maybe he's not even aware that this is a clone of his. Like, maybe the um, uh, the uh, aliens, Kaminoans, Kaminoans were hiding it from him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hiding the fact that they were able to make a successful clone of Palpatine because they wanted to have one up on, on him, right? Like, maybe there's this interesting Leverage, moment where right? he doesn't even know that yeah. Omega's running around. Because it's, it's weird, right? Because if it's happened, then why is it such a, why is everything such a cluster, you know, Fuster Club. That's a great underworld too. story too, right yeah. there. Yeah. Having the genetic offspring of the Emperor running loose and you know during the Galactic Civil War or something. I don't know. Yeah. Which fun. actually be interesting because maybe that makes her not force sensitive, right? Because in the Rise of Skywalker, we know he turned he like turned away his 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 son, right? Because his son seemed to have no force powers. Right. I mean, Muggle. maybe she was a dud, but like maybe she's still gifted. There's like right. Some- there, exactly, you know, like so, like, super intelligent stuff. and yeah. like you know, good strategy. Yeah. Oh, strategy, right? Right. I, I like that a lot. I like that more than Anakin. I'm sorry, Grant. But... No, no. I well, come on, guys. I'm bringing up the Palpatine this week. I'm trying to redeem myself here. Well, <laughs> I, I just came back on the Dajaric, and I was like, why am I such a moron? Like, I this if if this is a tease for anything, it's 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 yeah. Palpatine. Palps like, again. Palps sowing his seed across the galaxy. Yeah, bats. Um, yeah, Gross. Gross. yeah. And it makes sense to have a bunch of affected <laughs> clones, and then one that's like a little pelps. <laughs> like yeah. that makes sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why that's what we we're talking about last week. We're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, it'd be cool if it's like no, no, no. We we're like Boba Fett. Like that would be cool, but actually, she's a Sith Lord clone. Yeah, that would be awesome. I like it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. We'll see. We'll see if this is another, another uh, theory, 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 <laughs> synergy. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, ninety nine problems. The bad batch ain't one. Bounty hunters. We don't need that scum, 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 scum. All right. Uh, welcome to another edition of Boba's Bounty Board, where we continue in the war of the bounty hunters. Uh, we're starting to get into it now. We're almost yeah. up to episode two of War of the Bounty Hunters. We've got a couple more to go. Uh, but we're moving forward. And so we have our our second installment from the Bounty Hunters comic, which is pretty cool. Um, this comic is uh, issue 14 of Bounty Hunters. <laughs> and just wait for me to... Here we go. It is um, the following... This episode is called War of the Bounty Hunters, The Following, Issue 14. Uh, Ethan Sachs is the writer. Paolo Villanelli is the artist. Eric Peranto, the colorist. VCs, Travis Lanham, letterist. 
Uh, Giuseppe Camacoli and Marte Gar- uh, Gracia are the cover artists. Marte Gracia. Um, so in this episode, we get, once again, because this is Bounty Hunter, so we get, you know, open wide for some Bilert Valance. Uh, in Dengar, they fumble their way away from the last battle and look for a place to repair Valance once again. Once again, hijinks. Ugh, once again, hijinks ensue, and our Star Wars uh, buddy comedy duo escape again. But we learn the tender side of Dengar. Uh, meanwhile, Tianga and her beloved wife find the grandfather of Cadelia, uh, and reveal that the girl uh, and reveal the girl that can unite both Mourner's Whale and the Unbroken Clan. Uh, so actually, a lot going on. They finally sort of gave a mission to. Uh, Tianga and her uh, wife. This like very like little story they've been telling, yeah, in a few pages for the past like six, seven episodes, and they're like, oh, now we know where this was going. They're actually they're going for uh, the like existing relative of Cadelia, which is that's right. It's a deep. It's a deep cut. I mean, it's like yeah. it's going back like I mean, Nakano last feels months. like ages ago, but right. I guess yeah, that's right? what happened. I'll I'll take Ethan Sachs's word for it. But yeah, yeah, I guess that's yeah. what's going on. Yeah, I feel like I need to sit down and reread. <laughs> I need to go back, nonetheless. Yeah, I have to go but back. pretty cool to see that this is the, I mean, we know it's called War of the Bounty Hunters, but in this we get a lot of syndicates mentioned and uh, the Unbroken Clan and the Mourner's Whale and uh, obviously the rise of Crimson Dawn is discussed yeah. in this issue. Uh, we get a really fun, we get a fun overview of the kind of, the syndicate wars or the kind of the underworld uh, yeah. post clone wars. They even mentioned the, um, the Mandalorian purge again, or the, uh, the what do they call it? The fall it's of Mandalore. The, yeah. The maybe? siege of Mandalore. Siege, siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Mandalore. And I still don't yeah. know when that is. It's the, isn't that season seven of clone wars? I was wondering if that's what they're calling it, but like who sieged them? It was like. The Republic they, took, oh. took uh, Mandalore back from death watch. From Death Watch. Oh, so the right. okay, but I thought the siege was like because it's even Empire in this comic, attacking... you see it's, it's Rex, it's Anakin's outfit doing it. You know, but like if we go back to like that... the Mayfeld like conversation, it sounded like it was the Empire that was there. Right, it sounded like the Empire is well, like ravaged. Well, Mandalore. someone glassed Mandalore after um, when the Empire rose to power. I think uh, right. the Empire basically like I thought that was the bombarded siege. that planet. I think. It, it was a siege of, sh- of sorts, but I think it was just complete and utter destruction. I don't think there was uh, there was any right. sort of resistance. Siege number two. Yeah. Uh, All right. So this is great, but we're burying the lead. Mama Stamooch. <laughs> Mama Stamooch. Hey, Mama Stamooch. 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 No, yeah. we're going with Stamooch. Okay. Stamooch. Hey, yeah. Mama Stamooch. That's all. That I got nothing else. Let me get to her yeah, intro. That was, that was a highlight. Uh, she was great. Too bad she wasn't long for this world. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Mama Stamooch. I mean, you also talked about Dengar getting tender and like us learning yeah. a little bit more about his agenda. Yeah. Do we get some Dengar? Uh, Manaru? Manaru? He's Manaru. just like screaming for Manaru. Yeah. Who is, uh, I guess, being kept hostage by uh, Bib Fortuna. Yeah. Right. Uh, worst person to ever capture you and keep you right. in a cage. Bib Fortuna. Right. Because she's almost rancor food, uh, poor Manaru. Uh, that's good that we get some motivation and backstory from Dengar. We haven't really, you know, we get him for everyone else, but we don't really get it from Dengar. Yeah. He's kind of a clown. 
and like you kind of realize what he's fighting for uh and it's it's got real motivation there i thought that was it was a tender dengar moment and it made some sense and it sort of fills in some more emotion and personality with this you know buddy cop movie how about the droid smith sitting down with dengar and just having like a heart to heart he's like oh Seems like he's not the only one whose heart's not working or whatever. And like, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> it just got real sappy real quick. But like, I was here for it. And I loved, I just like getting more insight into Dengar because to yeah. me, it's just this yeah. bandage veiled sort of bounty hunter that's a blank canvas for our hate. But <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's, that's the issue, right? You actually like build a character and give him backstory yeah. and give him motivation. It is a character now. It's, it's making it real hard for me to just make my funny jokes about hating Dengar. And now I hate Ethan Sachs for doing that because I just, I want it. It was pure hatred. I was pure, unbridled, clear, unadulterated dislike. And it felt so beautiful to feel. And now I can't because they're actually making me feel other things for Dengar. As Ben has said on previous podcasts, hate's a powerful word. Let's just let's reconsider our feelings. Yeah, but but you but, know uh, sometimes feeling power is good. Yeah, it's, and it's, sometimes it's, uh, hate is love, and yeah. love is hate. It's true. So it's I got to write that down. Hold on, one second. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, what's great about this is I feel like Valance and Dengar are actually hitting their stride. Like the chemistry yeah. is crackling in this issue, and just super fun lines yeah. from Dengar over and over and over again, where he's like. I guess, uh, oh, I guess Death Stick's her name, the assassin who attacked yeah. you. Her yeah, name's she's Death like name. I swear Stokes. we were joking around, and you said Death Stick like a week ago. Or no, it was it was in the it was in the oh, um, it was in that issue. It okay. was in the title for the next. It said Enter Death Stick, and so no, I wish I was that creative. But we had a long debate okay. whether that was yeah, actually no, Adam. You were like, it's. I think she's Death Stick. It's definitely yeah, right here. Yeah. Did, right. did we get a time jump with Dengar and Balance? I feel like they were like, well, this is just some other weird adventure they're on now. Like he's, what was the battle he's limping? Yeah, wait, I thought they got, I thought she has, she basically ambushed them and the issue ended. And then in this issue, like Valance got just annihilated and he's being repaired. Yeah. I thought he was pretty beat up by the end of, at the end of last episode, but I don't remember. I don't uh, know. I feel like he's um, always getting repaired. You know, I will say we've talked about, you know, some of the things that work and don't work for us in in bounty hunters. Um, but one thing I'll say is like turning into a buddy cop. Good series was very good. Like I right. am right because she's attacking yeah. them and he's yeah. like, we better get out of it here before you get stabbed or worse, like before I get I get impaled or whatever. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Dengar is Dengar was just wisecracking, which was great. Yeah, Valance is breaking down Dengar's, you know, um, tough exterior here in this episode. He's like, you actually care? Like, what's it like? Dengar hasn't cared about anything other than whoever this uh, Manura person is in like any comic ever. He's just like, no. yeah, you live or die. Like, that's no problem for me. But like now he's like, should I care if you live or die? <laughs> he's like, maybe not a dirt nap. Maybe not a dirt nap. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, what else yeah, happened? But, with you? That's uh, it. I think it's gonna. <laughs> oh, what, what were those droids? Uh, trivia, trivia, trivia. What were those droids that uh, Death Stick? The Death Stick employed? Gosh, I don't. I don't know if I ever. I don't think I knew those droids. Those, I think. <laughs> Here we go. Check me on this. 
I'm pretty sure those are very similar. Oh, no, that's not right. They look very similar to <laughs> no me. No Googling. This is trivia. No, I felt like they were very similar you know to what the they droids. Are? No, I thought yeah, they were I similar to the I was like, oh, I've seen these droids. Oh, you know what they are? You actually do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell me, because I feel like I do and I can't. My brain's not getting there. ASA-121 courier droids uh, also used Oh, attack, the, attack of the clones. Attack and of the clones. Attack of the thing clones. that opens the, the thing, thing and puts the slugs in the, slug in, the room. in the room. Yeah, yeah. That killed that tried to Oh my gosh. That that Anakin rides. He jumps out and grabs no onto kidding. it. Kidding. That's what I he rides. I knew they looked familiar. That's a nice pull. Uh, That's a nice I feel pull. like her outfit is reminiscent of uh Zam Wessel a bit too. Which yeah, yeah there's definitely some Zam Wessel in there. Wessel in that color scheme. I don't know why she would give up Death Stick if her nickname's Death Stick though, and just go by Zam Wessel because it's it's not a very good stage name. <laughs> like uh, an attack of like a clone's tribute character. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Death Stick apparently strikes fear and death in the heart of most people. She comes again. Up. It's a weird name. That'd be like if I'm like I'm an assassin. My name's Cigarette. <laughs> Cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, vape Smokes. pen. Give me Siggy. Give me the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, vape pen. Yeah, um, yeah it's a, it's a weird one. It's it's a weird like DC poll or something. It, I mean, yeah, it's it it is like a couple letters away from Deathstroke. Like yeah. it's it's odd. It's 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 again, there's some odd superheroing stuff that's happening in these comics that um I'm 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 learning to love, but like we get uh what's her name's weird outfit that keeps bugging me out. I can't think of uh, her it name. It's called War of the Bounty Hunters, so maybe it is sort of like a Mortal Kombat thing where it's like a bunch yeah. of and they, I love that they're like fighting styles different fighting styles right and they keep introducing more characters in every yeah, they do. like it's getting obscene like how many yeah. characters are in war of the bounty hunters now they're just like dirt yeah. oh and dirge is in and all right dirge is, stick is in. it also feels like a DD campaign where it's like the dungeon master the dm is sort of like uh, kind of highlighted that you're going to some grand gala or like ball or like dinner party or something. And you're basically just thinking about that. You kind of have this anticipation, this anticipation fog where you're like, I just want to get to this main event. I have right. no idea what is happening in the periphery here. There are just like hundreds of characters being introduced and like a web of interactions of. Yeah. yeah. People and, trying to go after, you know, and it's just like, what is happening out here? I want to get to the, why am I fighting this minotaur? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting to get to that auction. And uh, it's it's kind of like I'm holding my breath trying to figure out what that issue is. I cannot wait for that. I imagine I hope it's Bounty Hunters 2. That I mean, is I'm sorry, War of the Bounty Hunters 2. Yeah. yeah. That is yeah, the hilarious we thing is we haven't even gotten to War of the Bounty Hunters 2 yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, how many are there going to be like multiple issues? There's like six or seven issues that are coming out in July, according to the calendar there. Yeah. I mean, we still have Dr. Afro number 12. Before we get to more about here's number two, and then we have Vader fourteen, Jabba the Hutt, and then Star Wars fifteen. That's all. all right, but shouldn't oh, or this is that just one a week? Because it feels like there should be multiple episodes coming out. And I think we might get a couple of um, yeah, I think we might get a couple twofers every nice. every now and then. Yeah, that would be but fun. War of the Bounty Hunter does come out after Jabba, is what you're saying? No, I think War of the Bounty Hunter two comes out before after Jabba. After. Afro, after Afro, before. Yeah, Java. we just had an Afro comic, so it's kind of funny how they're playing around with these. Yeah, well, Afro's weird because it's been behind ah. the publishing, the numbers. So I don't know if they're, as I was trying to talk about hitting the brakes a little bit to make sure everything lines up. 
for uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. So apparently this uh, this episode, this issue of War of the Bounty or this issue of Bounty Hunters takes place before War of the Bounty Hunters number one. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's still sort of leading up. Yeah. Okay. So next week we have both is 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 we get two issues. We do get two issues. We get War of the Bounty Hunters number two and Dr. Afrin number 12. So that's exciting. Uh, I can't wait to see what Dirge does. He's going to be angry. That's going to be. Yeah. (laughs) He's He's going to be real. Do we get get Cad Bane in this series? Not yet. Well, but you like, do we? That'd yeah, be cool. probably, right? He'd be super old, though. He's already kind of old in Bad Batch. Yeah, but that's what, you know, cybernetics are for. Um, though, okay. I wonder if there might be a hands-off policy right now because of, they might not decide what they want to do with him in Bad Batch. Right. They, it's like a Sony character. Yeah. With Sony, whatever he does. Yeah. I still think like, he shows up in uh, Book of Boba. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. That makes sense. Filoni will do it. I wish right. Filoni would do more pulls from Other Star things? Wars things that, that he, he didn't create. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there, but I no, think... but yeah, yeah. Preaching to the choir yeah. here. Yeah, that's you know. I listen. I love his stories. They're great. But it's like, and, and you know, I mean, he used to do it. He would get like Princess Leia for one, and he'd get Lando for one, and he'd do great things with them, and some of his other series, but it's like in Bad Batch, like it's pulling some weird people. It's bringing like shock tea or like something weird. Like, um, I don't know, just some, some, some deep pull character I think would be fun that, that aren't his characters. Yeah. I really like what, uh, Charles Sewell did with his Vader run pulling in and, and Greg Paxton yeah. to do with, it's a big iconic character and you can see how you could really muddy the water by bringing in other characters, especially with, with someone like, Pulling, pulling that sort of weight, and it's, yeah. it's interesting to see the pulls that they like Charles Sewell with the Eth Koth and a bunch of other Jedi and the Bear Sly Moore, like all the just right. awesome characters in his Vader run, and then, uh, and they were just weird characters you never thought would kind of pop back into the fold, and yeah. then, and then yeah, and Greg Pak's doing it, and you're seeing more of that I think done in in some of the other runs as well, but yeah, yeah. Just, do more weird pulls like weird yeah. or like, you know, Jedi don't find a fun Jedi character and, you know, introduce them and then uh, have them exit in a way that feels organic. But like, don't be afraid to like play all the cards. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I feel like that's that's something that I feel like we, we have this deck and then we only play like three cards in the deck. And it's like there's so many other archetypes right. and and personalities to explore. Yeah, and it'd be great if it was like a Lucas created character. Like those characters are kind of fun. There's so many of them, and oh, there's yeah, so many totally. like, cool personalities and silhouettes and stuff. And like, it'd be great. Yeah, Jar Jar might be a crazy pole, but like, I don't know. He maybe he's dead. I don't know if he makes it, but I mean, there's got to be. There's at least one more Jar Jar story to be told, right? Like you can't. I'm actively. I'm kind of shocked we're this far in. He's such a one. sad end, and I think his last story was uh, a certain point right? of view, oh, and he was like a homeless busker in yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh man, like no. There, I yeah, love it, like a Jar Jar redemption. Isn't, isn't story. Tanaka in those books too? Isn't he like an imperial yeah. boss or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's that's really sad, man, because he should yeah. take care of his guy. You know. Yep. Like. Say what you will about Jar Jar. He like 
was key in their revolution. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see a Jar Jar Redemption story, actually. That would be really fun. Um, not that he needs a redemption, but just like being recognized for what's going on and then have like one more adventure. That'd be really rad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, that's just, I'm, I'm picking nits right now and just fantasizing about other great stories. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, anything else in this? Again, we're just trying, we get another Kira tease here. Um, I like that they're closing the loop on the story with Mortar's Whale. Uh, with Cadelia, mm-hmm. she's just like hidden, and it's like they've really been, really playing the long game with that yeah. storyline. Yes, true, true. Good. To my, move- my, my final thought is, I felt like there was when you were getting that overview of the syndicates and Crimson Dawn and and stuff like that. I I found it kind of strange that there was there was no Maul imagery. Like Darth Maul was yeah, just like, yeah. I guess the Death Watch they have his horns or whatever at the Mandalorian. Okay. But so there was this really cool, there's this really cool page, right? That had, um, that had Dryden Voss on it. Yep. Yeah. And then one of the, the lines was like, and then after some nobody killed him, um, at first I thought they were talking about Dryden Voss, but then like the next bubble talks about Dryden Voss and like, then like, then Dryden Voss took over and he had a reign of terror for a while and then he went away. Um, I think that him might be Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think they're talking about. I think him is Maul, and Maul, and then no one that killed him was uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, because they don't know who it was. They well, just like slaughtered him in the desert. But timeline wise, it doesn't. Does that line up? No, I think they're. So I think that line is referring to Dryden Voss. So at least somebody, nobody, mean Kira killed Dryden Voss in cold blood, because then after a few years, Crimson Dawn just disappeared again. I think that's what. Right, but then the next bubble after that, isn't that the? Maybe it was the way I was flipping through the app. Maybe like you would read it this way, like Crimson Dawn returned. Because obviously Voss died before Maul. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of clear. I I have trouble following comics sometimes. You know, it it's it can be difficult sometimes with the way, they... especially with like a pronoun like him. You're like, all right, yeah. But I guess uh, who are we just I'll... talking about? No, no, it's it's understandable. But it, it, again, it's still it is to go back to the, the 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 first point. It is weird, right, that there's no mall imagery in any of this. Right. I mean, he was, he was last featured in live action wearing a giant Crimson Dawn medallion, and yep, was I mean, suspected to be the right. boss of. Kira and all of Crimson Dawn. He's involved in everything that's happening in this page. Yeah. <laughs> right. Heavily involved. Yeah. 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 I guess maybe strange. they're just going with a lighter mall touch these days. But it's just, it's all a little vague. That timeline is always so tough for me because there's so many mall was in so many things between Clone Wars and uh, Rebels. And then, and then with Solo mixed in there, it's like, I don't know, I have trouble keeping that all straight. Yeah. I'm guessing Kira betrayed Maul and sort of outwitted him and then took over and usurped some somehow. That'd be cool if we saw that. I just assume Maul was like, I gotta go run to Tatooine real quick to kill a you know Octogenarian. Right? But he wasn't yeah. on he was on Malachor just like in the yeah. junk pile. Right, right. <sighs> yeah, we'll get there. I'm sure that's that's I don't well, know if we'll ever get there. But... <laughs> right. I, I don't know if they're ever going to tell that story because, man, it's there's been like 
three or four different people with thoughts about what Maul's story is. So like he like, you know, take some time. Like you said, take some time off from being a crime boss to be, you know, into Sith relics to do this, do that. It's 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 interesting. They got some they got some needles to thread. Yeah, there is like an ongoing like cork board with yarn. Yeah. At Lucasfilm yeah. of law of uh, Maul's arc like throughout the Clone Wars. Galactic yeah. support. I'd love Kazdin the Younger to take on a Maul story, actually. Yeah, I'd be on board for that. What about Maul just like losing Crimson Dawn and falling in his, his fall from the criminal underworld and sort of on the run again? And then right. Malachor is the ending. Like, that could be fun. Like, yeah. you know, I like him being a lone uh, Ronin. You know, like, I love that. Yeah. That version of Maul and the second you start putting him with organizations and having some sort of ideology like and exacting plans like Palpatine I'm like that's just not what that character is meant to be that character is meant to be yeah. the lone wolf yeah so. yeah I love that you just reminded me of that scene in season 7 of the Clone Wars where he was like captured and then they were uh, under siege oh, Soka that's, my favorite, part. that's my favorite episode Dude, that's the yeah. best and episode. he's like how about yeah. a lightsaber and she's like nah She's like, go down that hallway and cause a distraction with no lightsaber. And he was like, like angry about it, but he kicked butt without a lightsaber. Dude, I'm going to watch that episode after this podcast. Like, right. <laughs> it's so it's good. ill. I mean, it's ill. Yeah. That episode alone is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's ill. But I, I love that Ahsoka Paul, she's like, I'm not giving you a lightsaber. Ahsoka surviving <laughs> Order 66 is the coolest moment in all of Star Wars. Mm. Like, it's when, her, really when the clones good. turn on her and she just 360 bats away all the blaster bolts and like yeah. dives through a ceiling panel, I was like, that's how you do it. That's, that's how, how you, you do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how a true Jedi would react to yeah. that. Younglings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take note. I really think, I mean, not to get down this, and we're going to have the Ahsoka show at some point, but I feel like, I feel like the High Republic plus. The prequel trilogy plus the Clone Wars is doing good storytelling of why Ahsoka is like the last true Jedi. Yeah. Even the High Republic's feeding into that. I don't want to spoil anything, but Togrudas like come yeah. through for the Jedi. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. Togrudas will always be there. Just remember that. Yeah, I love how they're playing up Togrudas in that book. Uh, I'm not there yet, but it's like it's cool where they really like have reverence for, I mean, I don't know, for like, just like, and th there's always reverence for every species, but like they're doing something special for Tegrudas. It's like their origin story, which is seems true. Really, really cool. And, and by that way, sort of explaining former characters in a really interesting way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Soka. I feel like, I don't I would say she's more than just a true Jedi. I I, I feel like she, she's like there's the savior a savior of the Jedi in in my right. view. I mean, like, yeah, like, represents that that true heroic kind of ideology as yeah. well as as well as also finding you know she's all there's some pacifist ideology, but she's also like a a skilled swords swordsman, and it's just like it's she's a really fun blend of all the things we love yeah. about the Jedi, but also is, is outside there. She's outside the Jedi and that allows her to right in an era where it. the Jedi have completely lost their way. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's why I think like she is the true Jedi. She's the one asked to leave. I see what you mean now. Yeah. And survives the order 66. Right. 
Yeah, it's that's true. And by by being the one like true Jedi, you're right. Like that is elevating yeah. it above pretty much the rest yeah. of the dogmatic ones. Yeah. I mean, again, not to take anything away from Obi Wan or Yoda, who are also right. true Jedi, but they're they're tainted with with being part of the order and being right. And right. if you ask Stellan Geos, <laughs> nothing right. just happens. Right. Force right. is ultimately controlling all destinies. And so to know that Ahsoka was somehow serendipitously pulled out of the Jedi Order around the time of their fall has to say something. Like, come on. That's like, that character is the truth. Yeah. I put her in a class with uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, and I'm trying to think of a third but I, I, it's hard to think of like another person that's like Luke Skywalker. I mean, mm. no, he's so I, I dogmatic. See, I, see a, I see a lot of overlap with Ahsoka and Luke, and I've even seen um, like uh, image, like fan art of them together, and like I'm hoping that they do something where they get to meet because you know they existed around, you know, at the yeah. same time running around the galaxy together. Like, yeah, yeah, be cool to see that story. It would be cool to see it in, yeah, like post in like Mandalorian era, because then he could be like, you know, I really could have used you on Hoth, <laughs> or, you know, like at any other time in his life. Um, if he comes yeah. to appreciate what she is. The thing is, though, it's like I can't imagine a Luke Skywalker influenced by Ahsoka then go and make the mistake he made with. Um, with I don't know you know uh ben solo and then ultimately go into hiding but i don't know I mean, maybe maybe like going into I, hiding is what ahsoka would do right like because he's that would be the third master or a third right. person that he's been he's been taught by who has run away and gone to hiding yeah you're right because ahsoka did that too so <laughs> yep ahsoka obi-wan and yoda so he's like things get hard what do i do i go to an island and hide out it makes a lot of sense man Makes a lot of sense. And well, it's I mean, funny also, and it's true. Yeah. You know, it's time for the well, Jedi to end. Like, that's to me, it's like maybe he's talked to Ahsoka. Seems <laughs> like a very Ahsoka <laughs> I don't know. Line. Just, yeah. Yeah. It does. I, was, I don't know. Yeah. That would be great if we had that conversation and she's like, it's time for the Jedi to end. I mean, well, I not, don't not on the name, not hit the nail on the head like that, but just I feel like at least be like, I left the order and tell him her, give him her yeah. spiel about you know, why she left and the errors in, the, in their way and the hubris and all that kind of stuff that, that Luke seems to be enlightened to, you know. Uh, yeah. By the time. I honestly, I don't know how you don't have that story told at some point, right? Like, it has to eventually happen. I don't know if it'll be in TV or movie form, but my guess is it, it will be. I think now that they're bringing Ahsoka into live action, I mean, she is probably the most beloved original character outside of the movies, right? Like, she's huge yeah and we know we know hamels down awesome what's that rosario Rosario dawson is yeah agreed so much potential there Uh, so psyched for that and we know that hamels down to play luke right like we know that and we know the face replacement stuff is getting really scarily good and you give it five years you can do that yeah that yeah how about uh the season finale, a two-parter, Ahsoka Luke go on some kind of epic quest. Yeah. I love it. To be yeah. Please. I don't I don't see a full series of those two characters hanging. No, out. Like, no, but 
episode, two episodes, it'll be great. You need to sit you, down. It's like talking we're to campfire. 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 Yeah, exactly. Like, campfire let's moments. Go. Yeah. Like, let's do some Mobius <laughs> and stuff. But it's yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, talk about the Jedi and talk about philosophy. Like, I'm so into that. Mando, too, had that, like, that campfire episode of the Soga. She just, like, broke it down. Yeah, that's why I almost think they can't do it because I was like, ah, uh, maybe it needs to be like, it needs to be like a Kyber Crystal Cave or something different. Or <laughs> it's like, have a sweet conversation, but do it somewhere not at a campfire. Right. I thought that was that was a fun episode. I no, mean, the was, first time that you know, that's like one of my favorite episodes, of season two. Right. Uh, I mean, so. it's, there's nothing wrong with it because it's like, did you, you know, I remember we're like, whoa, we know the Baby Yoda's name. Like, yeah. no, I never expected to know it. No, and it, it just happened. Like, oh, yeah, he's got a name. It's Grogu. Yeah, it's Grogu. Like, what? It's Grogu. Yeah. And it's Grogu. Yeah. And there's already license plates everywhere with Grogu on it. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by Grogu. Grogu. Yeah. Live free or die, New Hampshire. Um, Brad, and you guys want to talk about Grogu more or Ahsoka or, um, oh, wait, the Bounty Hunters comic we were talking about? Oh, that's what, is that where we started? started? Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, we got it. I do like the Tonga and, and Lash are getting uh, more panels, more story. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now, yeah. Now that we're getting that, it's great. I love seeing the grandfather there. He's uh, yeah. Concarn or oh, Concor. Camdeck. Cam thank you. Camdeck. Hmm. Nice. Cobdeck, but Camdeck. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's right. He's a uh, yeah, he's an interesting dude, and it's good to finally have the the family uh, brought back into this. It's all about family. That's <laughs> all right, all back around. <laughs> and with that, um, thanks so much for listening to us. Next week we'll talk about Rising Storm. Uh, yeah. and that's going to be really fun. So if you haven't read it yet, um, there's still time to catch up. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week. Thanks very much, and may the Force be with you, always. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.